Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster on Talk Radio. Good morning, welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are live in College Green in a very leaky Westminster. The sun came out a little bit earlier on, not sure if we're going to have it all day, but we've reached the end of another historic week in the mother of all parliaments, and guess what? Nothing has actually happened. We are no nearer a deal to leave the European Union, we are no nearer having a second referendum, and we are no nearer to a consensus between the MPs who want everything from a customs union to no deal whatsoever. We are looking for a plumber, though, because not only is water pouring through the roof of the debating chamber across the road, we've got a leak in the tent of shame as well. Fortunately, Charlie Mullins from Pimlico Plumbers uh, is popping in. Hopefully he'll bring his wrench. We'll be investigating Theresa May's latest request to Donald Tusk. She's now asked for an extension to Article 50 up to the end of June, but he might want to make it longer and she might want to make it shorter. Once again, can anybody agree on anything? Even the price of fish would be a start. And we'll be checking out exactly what Labour holding onto their seat in Newport West by-election last night really means for all those people who want to topple their MPs at a general election. Because obviously it's not going to be as easy as you saw. 0344 499 Coming up in the first hour, uh, we're going to be joined by Matt Kelly, editor of The New European, uh, a man that I had a joust with earlier on in the week, uh, and I think it's fairly safe to say that it was a score draw. Uh, also, we'll have the Perrier Awards coming up, because it is Friday, which is, of course, an homage to my brilliance in broadcasting this week. 0344 499 uh, You're listening to me, Mike Graham, on Talk Radio, live from College Green in Westminster on the most historic week in politics since last week. The fallout, the fury, the future. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster. Order! On Talk Radio. So here we are then, back uh, on Westminster's College Green. It's a little bit quiet down here today because a lot of the MPs aren't around. They've been told uh, they can go and do constituency business if they wish, uh, if they can remember what that is. Uh, the House of Lords was supposed to be sitting all night, but it didn't. Uh, every other statement that was also made yesterday turns out not to be entirely correct. Theresa May uh, has gone to Donald Trump. She's written a three-page letter, by the way. Does this woman do anything uh, in brevity? Because three pages? I mean, she wonder he doesn't get past the first page. Donald Trump just goes, oh, my God. Can somebody read this to me, please, and then translate it into 53? different languages. You know, this woman is an absolute curse on the nation. She's a curse on the political uh, body of this country. Um, well, as soon as she gets out, the better, really. Matt Kelly is here. Matt, very good morning to you. Good Welcome morning, Welcome to the Tent of Shame. Thank you. And you can thank, thank you, Lucky Stars. You weren't here yesterday where yeah. we had to huddle inside because <laughs> it was so wet and stormy. <laughs> um, but, I mean, really, here we are again. We've had another historic week in Parliament. We came out here on Monday 
feeling as though there was a sense that something was going to get done. We heard a lot of MPs talking about compromise, consensus. Uh, we suddenly saw Theresa May co-opting Jeremy Corbyn, who, by the way, presumably now is no longer the official opposition. We're thinking of setting up the independent Republic of Mike Graham That's as a the very official good idea. opposition yeah. to Theresa May and Corbyn. They're still meeting today. They're not getting anywhere. Um, do you really believe that anything's actually happening? Well... Uh, I, no, I don't. And I think we're going to have a couple of days of theatre and then they'll come out and say we can't agree on anything yeah. and, and then we'll be back to square one um, again. Yeah, and then she'll go, well, surely now it must be time for me to bring yeah. my deal back to the Houses of Parliament, uh, yeah. uh, even though nothing's changed. I mean, the thing I'm hoping for, because obviously I'm on the other side of the argument, the thing I'm hoping for is that Corbyn and Keir Starmer are going to talk her into saying, we'll do your deal, but there's a confirmation confirmatory uh, vote yeah. at the end of it so we do get a people's vote but mm. but who knows but Corbyn doesn't really want a people's vote because no. he would upset half of his own party by by asking for one well you say that but the result in Newport last night I think we we should talk about yes. later that was very interesting that where the uh, this you know you had an openly remain MP yeah in an absolutely fiercely leave constituency, right. but still holding it, no problem. I mean, yes, the vote went down 12%, but I suspect that's got more to do with Labour Well, there was a general. low turnout, which which follows on from what a lot of people have yeah. said to me, that we're never going to vote again, which I hope is not the case, because yeah. you never want people to opt out of the process. But an awful lot of people are very, very disillusioned with, with politicians and with politics. And for the turnout to be 37% yeah. in a by-election, in what is meant to be yeah. the, the febrile atmosphere yeah. of, of politics being the front and centre of everybody's lives, yeah. it doesn't really encourage you, does it? Well, I think if 37% on an ordinary by-election in the middle of nowhere, middle of nothing, that wouldn't be too bad. I but you should call Newport the middle of nowhere. No, no, no. I, sorry, I didn't mean that. I, I, meant, I, meant on the, <laughs> I meant on the political landscape. I know, That's me, absolutely. I know. No, finish, listen, I've slagged off Newport in the past. <laughs> I've been to Newport, and it's all right for me to do it, because I've been there. But you can't do it without going. No, but, I mean, you would have expected, would yeah. you not? Certainly, I mean, UKIP, no doubt, will be crowing and saying, well, yeah. we've got our vote up to 8%, yeah. uh, and good for them for doing that. However, um, it's not terribly uh, good news for UKIP, if that's the best they can do, given what's going on. I was alarmed, to be honest, because they went up from 2.5% to 8.9%, was yeah. it something like this? And that is my that's my biggest fear in the whole thing, that this... Uh, this whole process is acting as a kind of uh, a, a channel yeah. for nationalistic extremism. Yeah. So I was concerned. And you've got to remember, UKIP now is much nastier than it oh, even it was, you know, oh, uh, I mean, the UKIP six of, years the ago. The UKIP of Nigel Farage oh. has, has been long forgotten. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, mean, Jared Batten's hired Tommy Robinson to be yeah. their expert on yeah. grooming gangs. Yeah. Like, everybody needs an expert on grooming gangs. Yeah, I mean, UKIP of Nigel Farage was effectively to the left of where the Conservative Party is now. Yes. Or big chunks of it. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that, Absolutely, it was yeah. nothing yet. Yeah, UKIP is a dangerous... It is, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised, I suppose, as well, um, that those who say that they've never gonna, they're never going to vote for the two major parties again, I mean, the Tories didn't do that badly, no. and if had it not been for UKIP's surge, the Tories might have even won the seat. Well, well, they, they did go down, what was it, they went down 7 or 8%? Something like but that, But what yeah. was interesting to me, again, because I'm on that side of the debate, was that all of the loss of the, the two main parties was sucked up by the Remain parties. Yes. All of it. So uh, the Greens did well, the SNP, uh, the uh, Plaid Cymru did did better right. you know so all of the um it seems to me you could argue that there was a swing from leave to remain yes uh, you could which would also feed into the narrative that actually many people who voted leave are the ones who are disillusioned with the system because they're just, seeing uh, yeah. that what they wish to vote for and they not just basically happening and, and they didn't turn out and so they just didn't go yeah. and, and this may surprise you i think that would be the biggest tragedy of the whole thing if, yeah. you, if we did end up with a chunk of people who just thought oh do you know what democracy mm. it doesn't apply to me because i voted for that and it didn't happen uh, my thing has always been that i respect the, the referendum but we're now in damage limitation now that's that's my position and 
to me, it's a question of how do you best limit the damage? Do you just plough on with something that the nation is now realising is potentially disastrous? Or do you bite the bullet and say, we're going to have a lot of disaffected people, but we must have another people's vote to make sure that we don't do enormous damage to the Well, economy? the problem is whether you believe that the disaffected people will become more disaffected by having another yeah. vote uh, or less. Yes. And I worry that it might be more. Funnily enough, Alistair Campbell was here yesterday talking to us, um, and uh, he was telling me that he actually now thinks Remain on a new referendum should be should be taken out of the picture, which surprised me uh, because he said that he thinks we should basically kick it all into the long grass and right. take a much longer period of time right. to consider yeah. what it is that we're doing, yeah. to take the view that, well, all very well for people to vote to leave, but we need to have a properly long conversation yeah. about how that happens. I mean, we have And then a... bring back uh, um, uh, a, sort yeah. of a proper vote to leave yeah. with a proper deal uh, yeah. and then do it against Remain. But I don't think there's any appetite for having a big, long, reflective view. No. I think people have had that for now for nearly three years. That absolutely fed up to the back teeth of it there's no pretty scenario here but no. I, I really I think if we said there's going to be a year's delay everyone would just stop talking about it it would go away and then we'd find ourselves in another crisis in three months time when everybody woke up again yeah. to the to the crunch you know well it's like you and I said the other night when we were in the Groucho Club the great bastion of the Remainers in this part of London <laughs> you know um, where we said this is all about much more now than Brexit isn't it yeah. the whole conversation that we're having in this yeah. country is not just about whether we leave the European Union or not because the people who want to leave are never going to change their minds the people who want to stay are never going to change their minds it's now about an awful lot more and we have to heal an awful lot more stuff now yeah i i mean i've said repeatedly it always was about an awful lot more and i think frankly you could have put anything in front of the electorate in june 2016 and they'd have voted against it because they were just angry at all of the years of austerity and Mm. you look at where people voted in huge numbers to leave these are parts of the country that have been utterly neglected by domestic politics, not European politics. So that's why they're angry. They are also uh, nervous and scared. They see their cultures, cha- their society, And they changing. see that as a European problem, yes. not as a British problem. And to yeah. some extent, they're right and they're wrong about that, aren't they? Well, because we could have done so much to keep people out. You know, I mean, the, most European countries have to apply the regulation that if you've been here three months and you can't support yourself, you yeah. have to go. We, right. nev- we, we never well, did that. Well, also, we physically, along with Ireland and Sweden, as three countries, in Europe deliberately actually said well we're not going to hold up any particular um, you know pro- problem to people who want to come into this country right. and work which we could have done yeah. which is what every other country does absolutely um, and we because we didn't do it and that was under Tony Blair That's I think right. yeah. I'm right in saying yes. uh, that all of a sudden uh, you know everybody wanted to come here because people yeah. do say well if we're in such a terrible place if this country is so awful why does everyone want to come and live here I think that was Tony Blair's single biggest mistake I mean you obviously talk about Iraq but the, but domestically to, to not appreciate the effect on how people would feel about mm. their communities yeah. by just opening the door, the floodgates completely. Yeah. I think that he, he did nothing to mitigate that. No. I don't think they saw that coming. And also got it completely wrong. I remember him saying 15,000 Polish people would come to this country that's right. and a million came. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a bad uh, estimate, isn't well, it? Yeah, it is. But then, of course, the, other, the flip side to that is that those million people who came from Poland have boosted the economy no end. And you many know. of them have gone back. Yes. I mean, I had about 15 of them in my house at one point, uh, yeah. plastered and taking <laughs> off the old... Uh, wallpaper and replastering yeah. it you know and most of the people that came from Poland were not coming here as people say to take jobs because they were doing jobs that you couldn't actually get anyone to do in my case I was living in Scotland at the time just bought a house tried to get somebody to plaster it couldn't get anybody yeah. until I met this Polish that's guy right. in a car park yeah. and he said oh, I'll do it for you that's right you know I, and apart from that he said he wasn't nicking anybody's job but you can imagine how you would feel in the northeast of England for instance if you if you're seeing an influx of people who you you see them driving down wages mm. or that's the perception yeah. anyway 
and you're not getting any of the upside from central government. You know, your infrastructure is still terrible. Your schools are still crumbling. Your, your GPQ is round the block still. And you'd be saying to yourself, what's in it for me? Yeah. And I understand why they said nothing. What have we got to lose? Yes, Let's exactly. get out of it. And those people are not going to change their minds suddenly now. But what they are seeing still uh, is London very much controlling the country. And I mean, we've been saying all week, really, watching the chaos behind us in the House of Parliament. Yeah. Um, you know, we really want these people to have sovereignty. I mean, they literally couldn't run a welfare. Oh, God. You know, do we yeah. really want these people in charge of anything? At this exactly, point? exactly. I tweeted that yesterday. You know, are we sure this is giving this lot sovereignty yeah. is a good idea? You know, they are utterly. Maybe that's utterly where I got hurt. the idea from. I think I you've may got, have stolen you've it from Steve, you. Steve but don't worry. Again. But don't worry. So, I mean, you know, your position as editor of the New European, we spoke about this again the other night. You started it as a pop up newspaper. Yeah. It was supposed to last about four weeks, four weeks to sort of generate a little bit of, uh, I guess, you know, interest in what it is that we were leaving, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And you're in, what, what issue number now? You're 139. 130. This is extraordinary, isn't it? It's turning me grey. I mean, it really, <laughs> it really is. No, believe me, nobody wants this over more than me. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, now you're going to be the go-to guy for a pop-up yeah. newspaper on anything, really. Well, so, I mean, you one, can just move one, on one to hopes another, so. I'm uh, not sure how many how many things instill that much passion in people, you know, over such a sustainable mm. period of time. But I mean, certainly the the idea. I mean, this is a different topic, but the idea that newspapers are dead, I think, is fallacious. I think yes. there is a place for a newspaper because people feel very strongly about print uh-huh. and, and they want to be able to show what they believe. Well, in, you can't you know? hang on to a Twitter account exactly. in the way that you can hang on to a newspaper, exactly. even if it's an online newspaper, exactly. even if it's an, an image that you see yeah. on Twitter. You know, yeah. if you are a new European reader, you believe in something, yes, you which really is do. why I'm not one. But yeah. that's not to say that I don't uh, promote it at every possible no, opportunity. No, you do. You're very Because kind. it's a great paper. It's a great product. Matt's a great guy, uh, even though he and I disagree. And we could do it uh, without falling out with one another. I've got, I was realising the other day, if Labour ever won a general election, there's about five or maybe ten members of their front bench who have blocked me on Twitter. Yeah, who no, don't speak me to me. Me too. I mean, it's unbelievable. I got it? blocked by Dominic Rabb just, just, just for saying that I thought that his policy was wrong. Blocked. <laughs> I mean, honestly, a toddler would have brushed it off. But I know. these people are so sensitive yeah. now. and they now only want to talk to each other if they agree on everything. And, and he's eight to one to be the next Prime Minister. Yeah. God help us. Who would want that job, though? I mean, really, honestly. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Donald Tusk uh, is apparently going to extend Article 50. Uh, will he extend it for a year? Will he extend it for two years? Will he just extend it to the end of June? Uh, we'll talk some more uh, to some more experts about that. We don't really know what's happening. Uh, still, this is Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. The sun is beginning to shine on us once more in the tent of shame. Uh, It's been a long week here in uh, what can only be described as yet another historic week in the world of politics in this country. Since last week, which was the last historic week, of course, when something was meant to happen, nothing is really happening at the moment, but the wheels are turning slowly. It feels as though there might be an announcement made sometime soon. Uh, We've got Jeremy Corbyn's teams uh, working with Theresa May's teams to try and come up with some kind of compromise. Uh, We've got uh, uh, Donald Tusk now saying, saying that he might want to uh, grant an extension which will take us all the way through to March of next year. Uh, Theresa May is going over to Brussels next week. We're joined now by Professor John Curtis, Professor of Politics at the University of Strathclyde, Senior Research Fellow, of course, at the National Centre for Social Research as well. Uh, Professor John, a very good morning to you. Welcome to the Tent of Shame. 
Well, I'm enjoying the sunshine. It's Isn't so it lo- nice? It's much better than most of the last few months. It's been rather miserable in this area. Well, I have to say, had you been here yesterday, you would not have been enjoying it as much as you oh, are I now. I can well imagine. Yeah. But so uh, you've been up uh, quite late tonight watching what was going on in Newport West. We mm-hmm. were talking earlier to Paul Scully, MP uh, from Sutton, uh, trying to find out whether there was any lessons that can be learned from it. My take from it, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that I was surprised that it was not more kind of revolutionary I suppose because in this day and age when people are supposed to be very much more engaged with politics very much more anti the two main parties is what we're hearing sort of anecdotally um, I thought they would have taken more of a hit and I know Labour took a bit of a hit but but by and large it's not as bad out there I suppose as the two main parties might have thought um, I think I would disagree with you okay um, uh, the, the evidence of the opinion polls is that as compared with the position in 2017 when of course Conservative and Labour managed to dominate the electoral scene collectively Mm. in a way that they have not done since the 1970s. Um, And this is a constituency where, above all, Conservative and Labour tend to dominate. So they're between, they got over 90% of the vote in Newport West in June 2017. Um, Against that backdrop, what uh, we've been seeing in the opinion polls is a decline in both Conservative and Labour support, um, including not least since the middle of November, and why does the middle of November matter? Well, it's long, long time ago now, but that's when Theresa May's deal was first unveiled. Kelly, so even as ago, compared with them, both parties are down by three or four percentage points. So what we were wondering, therefore, is would Newport West confirm or otherwise the apparent story of relative decline in Conservative Labour support, and maybe that British politics may be fracturing fairly rapidly mm. uh, following the 2017 consolidation. And I think what I would say to you is that you know, no by-election proves anything, but the figures we have out of Newport West are consistent with that story. So, number one, the combined share of the vote for Conservative and Labour is down to 70 percentage points. That is the lowest percentage share that those two parties combined have ever got in this constituency since it was first created okay. back in 1983. And then, look, you know, what's happened on the fringes? Well, the first thing to note, notice above all is that the UKIP got 8.6% of the vote. Nothing dramatic. But it's consistent with the fact that UKIP, together with Nigel Farage's Brexit Party, collectively, are running at around 7 or 8 percentage points nationally. And that they do indeed seem to be profiting from the discontent amongst a section of the pro-Leave Conservative vote, much of which, of course, in 2017 was taken from UKIP in the first place. It, you know, this result of this by-election is consistent with the evidence of the polls that indeed... Theresa May's inability to deliver Brexit is beginning to cost the party support amongst Leave voters. And according to the opinion polls, virtually all the decline in Conservative support since mid-November has occurred within that quarter. So that's one side. Now, on the other side of the fence, um, you know, the Labour Party's vote is down by 13 percentage points. And where was the vote going up? Well, it's going up amongst Plaid. Well, Plaid you know, always go up in Welsh by-elections. Nothing dramatic, but it's up. The Liberal Democrat vote is up a bit. Um, the Greens are up, which again is consistent with what the opinion polls are telling us. The Labour Party is losing ground in that direction. And also a party we don't talk about deal, but the Renew Party, which is also um, uh, arguing in favour of a second referendum right. and remaining inside the opinion. That's also up. Collectively, those four pro-Remain parties are up by 11 percentage points. So, you know, it's an indication at least that, you know, there is potentially a movement in that direction. But it's also, uh, the other crucial lesson, however, 
is that um, the remain vote is also uh, in, in so far as it does begin to defect from depart from the Labour Party is at risk of fracturing now you know the, one of the parties that wasn't involved in the by-election about whom we're all kind of rather interested is the independent group now known as Change UK. They yeah. didn't fight. Um, and I think certainly one of the warnings that comes to that, those on the Remain side is that I'm not quite sure that they could afford yet further fracturing mm. of that vote. Um, I've long, you know, frankly, since the independent group was created, seems to me that it's fishing in more or less exactly the same waters as the Democrats are fishing in, that it's not going to be in their collective interest to be fighting against each other. And that if we are indeed going to have European elections on the 23rd of May, even though it's a proportional system, I suspect it would still be in their interest to try to fight collectively. Well, that was going to be my next question, because from what you're saying, it would appear uh, that, say, the Remain Labour vote is fracturing slightly away from Labour. Yep. Uh, the Leave Tory vote fracturing very slightly away uh, from, the Tories, from yeah. the Tories. Yeah. Yep. So, so that's a sort of reasonably straightforward line that we can draw. But when you come to the European elections, um, as you say, proportional representation, I mean, presumably UKIP will be encouraged They've said they'll be very encouraged for the next time they vote in the in the Welsh Assembly elections because they'll get more yeah. obviously uh, that's traction. A lo- that's a long way away. That's a long way away, but they get more traction. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you see the European elections, and we're not entirely clear yet as to whether we will have them, no. uh, whether we will be part of it, and even if we are part of it, whether we will then take the seats up. Sure. I mean, it's a very large unknown sure. area. Sure. But what would you expect to see? I mean, because we've been told that there might well be a backlash against Europe. I.e., you'd get a lot of sort of anti-European MEPs, if you like. Yeah, I mean, one thing we know about European elections in general is that A, voters are more likely to vote for smaller parties, and B, you know, unsurprisingly, voters are more likely to vote on the issue of Europe and European elections, yes. even leaving aside the current excitement, mm. than they are um, uh, in a general election. And indeed, we've already had some polling on how people might vote in the European Parliament election. And it's consistent with that. So both, you know, Conservative and Labour are weaker, according to this polling, in their prospects for the European Parliament elections than they are for the general election. Tories running at about 24, Labour running at about 30. UKIP, meanwhile, about 18% of people say they vote UKIP, more or less twice the level they're at in the polls. Equally, the Greens, who, of course, tend to do quite well in European Parliament elections. This is where Caroline Lucas Mm. first started her career. Again, the polls suggest they're doing better. And again, other smaller parties. So I think certainly one can anticipate if we did have European Parliament elections, you know, that indeed both, you know, Nigel Farage stroke UKIP can be expected to do relatively well. But equally, on the other side, one could anticipate that some voters of a more pro-Remain disposition may well use one of the smaller parties to express that view. And yes, you can see why neither Conservative nor Labour are necessarily looking forward to the prospect (laughs) of having a bit of a beating on the 23rd of May. No, quite. And I don't suppose there's too many people in Brussels looking forward to it either. But one final question, Professor, because I know time is short. Um, People are always misquoting you or quoting you one way or another and claiming that you've said something Uh uh, which other people then disagree with uh, the fact that you've said it. So I'm going to ask you straight away so okay. I get it from the horse's mouth. Okay. If there is a second referendum, in your view, has anything significant changed in terms of people who thought they wanted to leave and who now want to remain or people who wanted to remain and now want to leave? The answer to you is that you're really focusing on the wrong issue. Um, most people, I mean, the one thing is absolutely clear. Most people, well over 80% of those who voted in the 2016 referendum say they would vote the same way again. That said, there is some evidence, it was certainly very clearly there in some polling that I was involved in, and it's there in some other polls, though not all of them, 
the leave vote looks as though it might be a bit softer than the remain vote. But maybe, you know, maybe, you know, not that much so if you take the average of recent polls, 85% of remain voters say they vote the same way again, 82% of leave. So it's very slightly softer. But there is another group. Remember, although it was relatively high, the turnout in the 2016 referendum was no more than 71%. And that those people who did not vote do now, on all the polling evidence, it doesn't matter which poll you look at, that group is now much more likely to say, I'm going to vote, I would vote Remain than vote Leave. It's at least two to one amongst those who express a view. Now, um, some of these, of course, are people who weren't old enough in 2016, but that's only a relatively small part of this group. So, and, and this group does seem to have become more pro-Remain during the course of the last two years. So it's not so much a question of people who voted in 2016 changing their minds, as well the people who didn't vote in 2016 making up their minds rather late in the day, and apparently having swung in a rather more pro-Remain direction. And that seems to be a crucial foundation of what is a clear, consistent, but not dramatic lead for uh, the Remain side. In the opinion polls, on average at the moment, it's Remain 54, Lee 46. But inevitably, insofar as that lead does rest on the expressed views of those who didn't make it to the polls two and a half years ago, one of the questions you ask yourself is, well, would they necessarily actually make it to the polls if we were to have another referendum? And that's bound to mean, together with the inevitable fragility of opinion polls and the fact that we would have a referendum campaign and maybe the Leave side yes. might win the referendum campaign is the way I think they, did, they won the last one. There's no guarantee as to what the outcome will be. <laughs> Indeed. Professor John Curtis, thank you very much. At least now when anybody says, this is what he said, uh, I can tell you, well, this is exactly what he said, because he said it right here in the Tent of Shame on the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. So mark my words, uh, we will have no more misquoting. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The fallout, the fury, the future. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster. Yeah, order on Talk Radio. Try to fix the fire, but you know. 
Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live on College Green in the Tent of Shame. Happy to say the sun is shining today. There's not much rain about, uh, which is a good thing because our tent was starting to leak a little bit yesterday uh, when it was a bit stormy. Of course, over in the House of Commons, they've had a much worse problem. Uh, they've had a sewage leak of some description leaking into the chamber uh, where the uh, members of the Parliament and their opposition were, in fact, debating Brexit. So they've had to put a stop to that uh, while they try and fix the problem. Now, I don't think it was particularly horrible stuff that was leaking in uh, to the uh, to the chamber, but uh, I'm joined now by a man who knows how to fix a great many things. It is, of course, Charlie Mullins, uh, who is an OBE, not least, and a founder and CEO of Pimlico Plumbers. Charlie, welcome back to the Tent of Shame. Yeah, it's good to be here, Mike. Um, I wish I was here to fix the leak in the comments. Well, I was going to say, I thought we could bring you down here and get two birds with one stone, really, because you could have come... I thought you might turn on one of those very famous Pimlico Plumbers vans that we see Well, they're around. flying around, and as you probably know, we offered to fix the leak... Um, providing they um, revoke Article 50. <laughs> so what, you'd be willing to do it free of charge? Undoubtedly, I mean, but, you know, Mike, the, the ceiling in the Commons is, is a bit like Theresa May's leadership, you know. It's, it's weak, it's unreliable, and it's full of holes. It's full of holes, yeah, exactly right. Well, I can't disagree with you on that. You know, last time you and I were here, we had a bit of a barney about whether we should stay or leave the European Union. I was just with Professor John Curtis there, who says, fewer people than you would expect have changed their minds since the last referendum. I presume you still haven't changed your mind, have you? No, I've not changed my mind. And, and, you know, I'm not sure this professor has got his facts right. Um, <laughs> well, he is the foremost professor of cephology, so he knows what he's talking about. Uh, well, does he? Yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, he wants to go on the street. We only let people on this show who know what they're talking about. You know, otherwise you don't get on. You're, yeah, I'll agree with you there. But, but Mike, on the streets, out there, in business in general, um, people don't want to leave. I'm getting a lot of people now... Uh, the, the want to remain and more so a lot of the leavers have changed their minds to remain so you know as I say, I'm not sure the professor's really done his own work well the thing is right I, I, there, are, there are two schools of thought here one we can't leave because it's so difficult to leave that we should stay which is a bit like having Stockholm Syndrome isn't it it's a bit like going I've been kidnapped but I can't leave because there's a guy pointing a gun at my head so I'll just stay where I am because that'll be probably okay well we can't leave because we'd be in what's another word for stuck that's right. point is that in the end, right, where we are is where we are. One of the reasons we can't move anywhere, it seems to me, is because politicians behind us in the Palace of Westminster are deliberately stopping anything from happening. Because there, there, there are people in there who are acting undemocratically, who are not carrying out the will of the people. The will of the people is to leave. Well, the will of the people has changed. I mean, people are entitled to change their mind. And you talk about democracy. Democracy is allowing us to speak. And now we're speaking again. So, you know, I don't think it's, you know, this will of the people nonsense. You know, it's... Will of the people nonsense? What, you mean a democratic vote? Well, it's, it's, you know... There's only been one vote. That's right. But it doesn't... Well, there's been loads of votes in in there of... Yeah, but they don't represent me. Well, they're supposed to represent us all. They are supposed to, but they don't, do they? But... Getting, getting back to it, I mean, people have changed their mind. They're entitled to change their mind. People are entitled to change their mind, prefer, preferring that, that uh, if there is another vote, then they can vote and change their minds. But at the moment, the vote is to leave. So that's why we have to go. Well, well that's right. But, but in the same token, the deal was to get a deal uh, for us to leave. And yeah. at the moment, we've got no deal or Theresa May's deal. She's, all she wants is, 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 a, is what she wants all the time. She's a finished job. She, she should walk away, don't you think? Walk away? 
Yeah, undoubtedly. And give us uh, somebody else to lead the Brexit negotiations. Well, of course. I mean, what what we should be doing now, obviously she's no good at negotiating, as we know that, but maybe we should be turning the tables a little bit and saying to the EU and saying to TUS, you know, you want us to stay, you know, what are you going to offer us? You know, let's go back to Cameron's deal when he tried to get a better deal. Well, they and wouldn't give him much, would they? Well, that's right, but, but now the, the tables should turn a little bit. They obviously want us to stay. Let's not kid anyone. And maybe she should just say... Can you tempt us to stay? Well, what could they offer us? What would, what would convince the people who want to leave that they should then stay? What would happen? What could, what could they possibly offer well, us? Well, they could, they could offer us the same deal we had before, which is the best deal we've got, or the same deal we've got at the oh, moment. Oh, well, so we keep the same deal we've got, uh, and that means we stay, even well, though people well, voted to leave. Well, you say, you say about they voted to leave. Well, they did. Can't I'll, argue with that. I bet your wife's glad when you leave. Of a morning, I haven't got a wife. And yeah, no, no, I can I've got tell an why. Wife. I can tell why. God, <laughs> oh, blimey. Do you live on your own? No. Me. No, um, I bet you got no under it. I just not re. I just didn't remarry the mother of my children. Okay, but what I'm trying to say is that you know you just don't like people disagreeing with you because no, you're used to running a company where everything you say goes and people don't question you. Well, you I you, question you. you. You are right there, but but what I'm trying to say is everyone's got a different view. I mean, and we don't need to fall out of it. Remain the lever. I mean, we're all drinking from the same teapot. We all want what's best for the country. But you know, at the moment, I believe we've got the best deal. I don't believe there's obviously not a better deal out there. And I'm just trying to say is maybe if she just turns the table a little bit and asks them to tempt us to stay. Right. I mean, what can you tell me that's so great about being in the European Union? Well, it hasn't been bad for the last forty odd years, has it? Well, I don't know. Got nothing to compare it to. I mean, that's the way we've been, so well, you don't know whether okay, it's well, better what, or worse. You, well, let me tell you why people voted to leave, right? A lot of people in parts of the country where they feel more affected perhaps by, by this thing than we do, immigration. A lot of people feel that the immigration rules in the European Union are too lax and that we allow too many people to come into this country and to reduce the ability for some people to get, um, you know, jobs effectively. I mean, you've talked about this. You employ yeah. a lot of people. We, we right? need immigration. We need the... the the people that are over here from the EU, London would come to a standstill, construction sites would stop. So we need them people, you know, and they're, and they're adding to the economy. So this nonsense about a bit of immigration is, is not the real factor. Most people that voted to leave don't know why they've done it. And you say, give me a good reason. How do you know that, though? Well, because they're clueless. I've, I've heard them on your programme. Well, you think know. everyone that voted to leave is clueless? No, I never said everybody. See, these are the kind of... No, police have been warning about people what, like you. What I'm trying to say is a lot of people have been misled. A lot of people went by the, the, the lies on the bus. A lot of people have gone by the propaganda. And I'm saying to you now, the, the, you, know, you said to me, well, give me one, one good reason why we should stay. Well, maybe all the facts that at the moment it's costing us $600 million a week, they say, by us saying we're going to leave the EU... The fact that well, jobs it costs us 39 billion a year to stay in it, doesn't it? Okay, but what do we get for that? We're in the club. I don't know. I mean, you tell me. What do well, we get for 39 billion? What do we get for 39 million? We'll yeah, get, billion. We're getting, we're getting the, the the fact that we've got the immigration or the people can travel over here and work over here. We've, we've, we're actually miles better off by staying in there. What I'm trying to say is, what we're being told if we leave, there'll be job losses. Yeah. There's businesses moving out of here. They say that 800 billion has been transferred that would have been invested in the UK has gone elsewhere. That's not true. The Norwegian Wealth Fund, which is one of the biggest wealth funds in the world, is investing more money in Britain now than it's ever done. And they're not bothered about Brexit well, some, whatsoever. Well, someone's telling lies then. Well, someone is telling lies, but that's the point. People do tell lies. Yeah. You have to make up your own mind. All I'm saying is, is that I don't remember, I don't know whether you do, before all of this happened, anyone coming up to me in the street or in a pub or in a restaurant... Uh, or ringing me up to 
say, by the way, isn't it great we're in the European Union? Isn't it fantastic? Nobody ever said that. Well, no, because we, we, we're in a club and we've got used to it and it's given us many benefits. And I'm saying this, according to the experts, saying that we will be worse off, yeah? Growth has dropped, yeah? Businesses that depends who you talk to, though. I mean, there's experts on both sides. That's the trouble. I mean, people can't make up their minds because... You can decide to believe one set of experts, or you can decide to, to, to select okay. another. Jonathan Davis is a very, very well-known economist who comes on to uh, all sorts of broadcasting outlets very, very often. He was on Julie Hartley Brewer's show this morning saying that the global economy is what's important. Brexit really doesn't matter. 90% of businesses in this country don't even trade with Europe. Do you trade with Europe? No, it would make no, no, it, but make no difference to you. Make no difference, but, but I, have, I believe it will affect the economy, which will affect everybody. Well, you can say that, but it doesn't mean it will. I mean, Jonathan Davis is an well, economist. Look, I'm going to go and buy the experts. You've got Bank of England, Mike, whatever his name is. John Carney, or, or Mark Carney. Mark Carney. Yeah. He's, he's saying that we're going to be worse off. But you, Mervyn King, his predecessor, says we won't be worse off. So yeah, what, he, did, what do you take out of that? Yeah, but he's not. In, he hasn't got the job now. You know what I mean? The the end result is all we want is what's best for the country. Well, that's like listening to Ken Clark, who used to be quite an important man in the government, but isn't anymore. But a lot of people still listen to him. He's the guy who's the main architect of us not leaving. Yeah, but we've got we've got to rely on the people that are there today. And let me ask you this: like then. Theresa I mean, May. Yeah. Okay. So, are you happy with her? No, not okay. at all. I wish she'd walk away. I wish they'd have uh, a, a proper uh, election process for a new prime minister because okay. I think she can't take it any further. I don't really mind whether we leave or remain at the end of the day, but the people voted to leave, and we should do that. And if in fact that turns out to be the wrong move, then we can have another referendum down the road, and we can leave, and yeah. we can rejoin it. Okay. Look, wh why don't why don't we just put a delay on, on Article 50? Uh, delay on leaving, right, and then renegotiate, get a new leader, let's get a leader that can lead, yes. and let's see where we are We've then. finally agreed on something, Charlie. Yeah. Now, no, I would go with that. I would absolutely go with that. It looks as though Donald Tusk is going to give us an extension, very possibly until next uh, March, right? I would be more than happy, yeah. as long as that was guaranteed to be part of a deal whereby we still leave. But we have to renegotiate it and we leave with a better deal. Mike, I I'm totally agree with you. All I'm saying is that it's the wrong time at the moment. We haven't got a deal in place. Theresa May's deal is no good. Mm. If we're given 12 more months to renegotiate a new leader, and then circumstances may be that we're all better off. And by the, by the way, I think this leak in the House of Commons, maybe, maybe God's trying to put a block <laughs> on Brexit. Well, Yuri Geller claims he's, he's, he's down to him. I don't think it's nothing to do with him. I mean, God's pretty good at, at these floods and, and plagues. So you he? believe in God, do you? Well, someone made the leak, didn't okay. they? Okay, all right, just check it. Listen, Charlie, appreciate it. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, our man, of course, uh, Pimlico Plumbers, uh, who knows a, an awful lot more uh, than you would expect him to know about why we should stay in the European Union. I think we finally reached an agreement, though, Charlie, because it looks as though uh, we both think this is not the right time to leave with the wrong deal. That's right, and I think we should listen to more plumbers and less politicians. I think that's not a bad idea at all. Absolutely, we actually need more plumbers over there than politicians to fix the problem uh, in the roof. We want to hear from you, though. Do you agree with Charlie Mullins? Uh, should we have more time? 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. Raindrops are falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling Live Nation have teamed up with Talk Radio to give five lucky winners a chance to see acclaimed comedian Jeff Norcott live on his new Taking Liberties tour this autumn as seen on Live at the Apollo, The Mash Report and Mock the Week. Jeff is bringing his unique brand of provocative stand-up comedy to a venue near you as well as through entering online to be entered into a draw to win. You can also buy tickets at livenation.co.uk there's one thing 
Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are here, of course, in the tent of shame. Nothing is really happening today. Uh, that doesn't mean nothing will happen before the end of the day, because every time you think nothing's happening, something does actually happen. Uh, but whether it's a very significant thing or not, it remains to be seen. Let's go to the phones, though, because lots of you uh, do want to get on. Ryan uh, is in the New Forest. Ryan, very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. How are you doing? Not bad, sir. What do you want to say? Um, I was just uh, thought it was quite amusing my exchange with the tax office this morning because I have a late charge, um, which I phoned up to pay, and I would have been quite happy just getting on with the call and just getting it done quickly. Um, right. And uh, I, did, I did remark actually, I did probably start it and just remark it seemed a bit extortionate for what it was, um, and which I got a reply of, well, you were given the data and you had a lot of time to get organised, and you didn't, so that's the consequence. And I thought that's quite rich. <laughs> coming from so yes we had an exchange about that and which he, i got told that um it has absolutely nothing to do with brexit so and i thought well actually my taxes do pretty much have everything to do with brexit yes. if, if, well they do um, yeah because you're funding it aren't you funding all this nonsense we're just hearing from paul scully that if we get involved in the european elections that's another hundred million quid down the drain well exactly i think and they probably if, if they've got any savvy well, there would be people benefiting from it they will extend it just to get into those so that hundred million pound does get distributed as it would anyway um, and it goes down the normal avenues. I'm not saying it goes into anyone's pocket, but it's all about sustaining the holiday, isn't it? You know, it's about extending it. So uh, uh, this is what it seems to be. The incompetence is carrying on and we're paying for it. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, I've got a theory. I thought um, on Prime Minister's questions uh, last week or the week before, Theresa May slipped and sort of said the extension will be. And I thought she was just about saying November until yeah. November. Um, right. And then I think uh, she pulled it back and said, um, until, uh, you know, the date that it will be put forward. Um, so I've got a funny feeling. If something happens around November, that they always knew what was going on. And yet my taxes have paid for this holiday, which has been planned all along. Uh, yeah, well, I think you're absolutely right. Listen, Ryan, as ever, making an awful lot of sense. Ryan there kicking things off. Let's go to Andy, uh, who's in Sussex. Hello, Andy. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Um, morning. What do you want to say? Well, look, I think that the left-wing Cooper bill is essentially the revolver that's already killed Brexit with a silencer. And I'll yeah. tell you why I think that. Because, essentially, if this gets through the House of Lords on Monday and it gets royal assent, what that's actually done is it has tied Theresa May's hands that she can No deal is illegal, essentially. Right. So when she goes to the EU, they've actually handed checkmate right to the pocket of the EU uh, negotiators, because all they have to say is, I'm sorry, you haven't come up with a reasonable grounds for an extension. The only legal move that Theresa May can then do is she can't have an extension, she can't have no deal, so the only legal move she can do is revoke Article 50. Which well, hang on, no, she, she's got one other thing she can do. She could resolve the deal uh, with uh, Jeremy Corbyn's team and say we'll attach a customs yeah. union to it uh, and then we'll give it back to the people to have a vote on. Well, that's interesting you say that because then, you see, the timing of Donald Tusk's announcement is interesting for yeah. this uh, uh, flexible year extension because he's made that announcement before Theresa May goes into those final talks with Jeremy Corbyn. Now, yeah. Before that announcement, all that was brought uh, May with a desperation to Corbyn was the pressure of the situation. Now, that extension will actually ease the pressure off. And I think you can see that these talks petering out to nothing, because I think that you and some of your guests have, have already said yeah. 
Now, it's in Jeremy Corbyn's interest, not that I'm, that I'm any supporter of him, but it's in Jeremy Corbyn's interest now to fail those talks. Yes. Uh, at the same time, Macron has switched on to this, and he thought, hold on a minute, that's a premature announcement, that year extension. So Macron may have switched on to this too, because if, if no deal can be arrived at, then the UK will have no choice but to revoke Article 50. Yeah. So we're being backed into a corner, effectively, or into a cul-de-sac from which there is no escape. Absolutely, I I quite agree. And the last thing that no-one's mentioned yet, and I've seen this on the news feeds, is that apparently what might come out of this uh, uh, talks between Corbyn and May, or one of Corbyn's prices might be that uh, May, they do this triple lock where they tie the hands of any future Brexiteer Tory Prime Minister so he can't, or he or she can't rip the uh, uh, the yes. document the document up. So basically, they 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 tied that. I, I just can't believe she's doing it. I can't believe she's doing it. And I if ever there was a time for the Tory Party to wake up, it's to wake up right now mm. and send the men in grey suits in because there will not be a Conservative Party left very shortly. No, you're absolutely right. Andy, you're absolutely yeah. right. I've got, to, I've got to stop you there because we're running late. But thank you very much indeed. You are absolutely, utterly right that she is destroying the, uh, the Conservative Party from within. I don't know if she's some kind of secret agent for the Labour Party, but you're absolutely right to say as well that the Labour Party will try and put some kind of triple lock on Theresa May's successor because the one thing they don't want her to do is to leave the job and then bring somebody else in who will be worse than her as far as they're concerned on the pro-Brexit scenario. It is absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. It's that new music again. Uh, Cornelius has joined us in the Tent of Shame, Four although uh, he's been it, here yeah. most of the week. Four months, is it really? Yeah. See, how time flies. So you, in, you, this music came along pretty much when uh, Theresa May came back with the deal for the first time. Yeah. Imagine that. That's what it marks. Yes, yeah. marvellous. So, uh, time for the Perry Awards. Yes, welcome everyone to the Perry Awards. This is, of course, where we look back over the past week at the so-called Independent so-called. Republic of Mike Graham mm. and choose our very favourite moments. It's been another historical week here in Westminster, as well as here in the Tent of Shame. So, let's find out who's won. Uh, as is tradition, Mike, you're up first. Fantastic. Uh, you win the Perry for Sentence of the Week. Well, the sun is shining uh, lovely uh, this morning. Uh, that's even a dreadful say, way to say that. <laughs> well, it's kind of a Welsh lilt to it, though, wasn't it? The sun is shining lovely. Mm. That's what you're saying when you're in Wales. OK, are we? Uh, fine. Uh, you also win question of the week. Ah. Or should I say questions? But isn't there also a danger that Theresa May is the wrong person now to take it any further forward? I mean, as a Tory party MP, as a Tory member, Greg, are you confident that Theresa May can actually make something happen? Or has she got to the end of her road? Would it be better to put somebody else in charge? And if so, who would that be? Well, there's a lot of questions there. Sorry. Um... <laughs> yeah, did he answer any of them? Probably not. It's actually the first rule of asking questions is never ask too many. Because then nobody answers anything. So maximum five at once. Maximum five at once, definitely. No more than that ever. Uh, And every question, of course, needs an answer. And in a rare rare moment, excuse me, uh, (laughs) an MP seemed to come up with one. (laughs) Colonel Bob Stewart wins answer of the week. Why can't they just find a consensus and move on, please? God knows, frankly. (laughs) I mean, he's always very straight up, his old uh, Colonel Bob. Yes, uh, he also wins the Perrier for coming up with the nickname of the week for the mother of all parliaments located just behind us. Yes. 
but a lot of people disagree, they want to remain. But this place here, this Tower of Babel behind us. Yes. <laughs> Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel, er. Mm, well, Colonel Bob Stewart is on a bit of a winning streak. He, uh, he also wins simile of the week for this very simple and simile. easy. Yeah, it's a big word. Uh, I know, very simple and easy uh, to follow comparison. If we don't actually get some sort of deal going down, the, it's like a station, like a railway. It's like an engine. The train leaves the station. <laughs> What's it like? It's, uh, it's like a like an engine, like a railway, like yeah. a station. Okay, nice and simple. Gotcha. There. Back to you, Mike. Yeah. You often uh, call out those spouting project fear, mm. although you seem to have joined in a little this week. You win fear monger of the week. Well, somebody has to do something. I mean, otherwise we're all going to get piles sitting around waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did feel a bit like that the other day. Yeah, that wasn't on the bus, though. No, was it? no, that's true. <laughs> um, our next period goes to Rosie. Uh, anyone who's called the show uh, this week would have heard her voice. She's the lovely intern who's been taking your calls back at Talk Radio Towers. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure and she's moved on from that right. sort of particular role. Oh, okay. HR may get a call this afternoon. <laughs> uh, anyway, she wins Miss Hearing of the Week. Let's go to the phones. John uh, is calling in from Italy. Hello, John. No, I'm calling him Islington. <laughs> Islington? It says yes. Italy here. It's very similar. How do you confuse Italy and Islington? That's unbelievable, isn't it? I know. I wouldn't trust her to book my holiday. No. Uh, John in Italy slash Islington uh, also scooped a Peria himself. He had us all reaching for our glossary of terms for his use of acronyms. Have you seen the, the last of the BDI, which is the... German CBI, which is colossal compared to our CBI, and has he seen the IFO predictions, which is the most important? Um... Surely that's the Ross Kempsel Award <laughs> yeah. for acronym of the week, isn't yeah. it? Uh, after that, I just wanted to go and bingo. Is his name? Indeed. Uh, 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 right, where are we? Uh, yeah, well, you must have uh, enjoyed John in oh. Iceland. Sorry, Accrington's call, Mike. Uh, you were following it very closely. Yes. You win listener of the week. Thank you. His love affair with with Macron has turned out to be just a, a holiday affair. He doesn't like Merkel, and Macron is who's way down the drain. Who are we talking drain. about now? He's Trump. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's because he was confusing everybody with all those acronyms. Nobody knew what was going on by that stage. Uh, uh, two of our listeners now, Daniel in Epsom and Andy in Sussex, yes. win the period for debate of the week. Uh, their comments show just how divided the nation is on our Prime Minister. She's destroying my Conservative Party, mate. She has to go. The woman has to go. Your last caller, Daniel, I must disagree with him. Uh, okay. I think he's completely wrong. Um, he said that his Conservative Party is being destroyed by Theresa May. I think she's actually destroyed it. Already? Um, already. <laughs> it's hard to argue with both, with either of them, actually. Or both. <laughs> well, apparently, fact. Daniel Hudson was completely wrong. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, uh, Mike, I'm sure you'll happily accept this one. It's the award for most intelligent person. I like that. I think every time she's offered a choice, she chooses the wrong way. That seems to me to be her metier and her forte and, and all sorts of other French words that I could come up with uh, to sound intelligent. <laughs> it does sound good, though, doesn't it? Metier. Yeah. Must use that one again. <laughs> um, it never feels like a proper Perry Awards without the lovely Susan in Exeter. Mm. This week she wins Feminist of the Week. Can this woman... I don't have an issue with women. I, I'm a woman myself. Are you? Um, well, yes. 
Three, uh, five, <laughs> don't worry. four. <laughs> don't worry one. about that. Uh, Chris Bryant, MB now. MB, of course. MB? Yeah, it stands for the member of the House of Babel. Um, oh, yeah. uh, the first Perrier he wins is Vic Singer of the Week. I have said many times, I was a Remainer, I remain a Remainer, and I'll remain a Remainer until my dying day. Indeed. Unless I have it's to a become a rejoiner. Um, and well, Mike, it's time to find out. Here's the soon-to-never-be-released Chris Bryant with Remainer Remainer. I was a Remainer, I remain a Remainer, and I'll remain a Remainer until my dying day. I was a Remainer, I remain a Remainer, and I'll remain a Remainer until my dying day. I was a Remainer, I remain a Remainer, and I'll remain a Remainer until my dying day. I was a Remainer, I remain a Remainer, and I'll remain a Remainer until my dying day. Very good. Thank you. Well done. Uh, and finally, we couldn't let Chris Bryant go without uh, him and you, of course, Mike, sharing the award for Bill Payer of the Week yes. for this lovely, awkward moment. We haven't got time to get into all that, I'm afraid, because our time is of the essence. Well, Chris. there is a reason you can't, but anyway. No, there isn't. The reason the reason I can't is because I have to go and uh, no, pay, no, I understand pay, that pay, pay the bills. That's why we have to stop. But you, if you want to hang around, we can talk about it some more. Chris <laughs> I'm not Bryant. paying your bills. <laughs> why not? Uh, I'm paying yours, actually. That's the other way around, isn't it? Chris well, Bryant's I'm probably here. paying yours indirectly by the companies I'm paying that I... yours through my taxes, mate. <laughs> I can tell you that. Chris I pay Bryant. taxes as well. Yeah, well, not enough to, to fund your own lifestyle, though. Let's not go on there. <laughs> This is not getting anywhere. Chris Bryant is here, and he's now going uh, to pay my uh, bill for me. I got bills. I got so there we go. That's it for the Perry Awards. There will be more at the same time next week. Same time next week. Fantastic. The Perry Awards on Talk Radio. Now, believe it or not, Believe it or not, we've run out of time for the countdown clock to nowhere and oh, to no. nothing happening. So we're going to have to hold on to that until Monday. Because don't worry, nothing will happen between now and Monday. <laughs> uh, if you want to play your own countdown clock, you can. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out 
Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.